Dr. Phil Fernandez, the pastor at Trinity Bible Fellowship, president of the Institute of Biblical Defense, Bible teacher at Kings West, and I take Geritol twice a day. This is the Christian Worldview on 820 AM, KGNW. The other room, looking at his mug right now, is Kurt Rainier, the sound man. How you doing tonight, Kurt? Pretty good. That's good. Good. Glad to hear it. And uh, how was your 4th of July? It was quite good. Quite good. That's took, good. Took two full hours just to blow off all the fireworks that uh, we had accumulated. Well, we have to uh, celebrate our freedom while we still have some of it left. Yep. And uh, things continue the way they're going right now. Uh, yeah, it's almost kind of like Happy Interdependence Day anymore as opposed to Independence Day. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a different world than our uh, founding fathers uh, wanted for us. And uh, But it's nice to uh, celebrate our freedom while it's still there. Uh, we're going to be looking at communism tonight. We're going to be picking up where we left off. And uh, just a few news items that I want to go over before we do that. Uh, one thing I'd like to mention in passing, but it's of uh, great importance, a good friend of mine, Paul Gratton. I don't know if you ever met Paul Gratton. He was a really good friend of mine, Calvary Chapel guy, and he used to do five hours of radio where he would just DJ Christian music at KITZ back in the early 1990s. And uh, he died on June 2nd, 2003, long battle with leukemia. And Paul Gratton... Uh, he was the first guy to give me the opportunity to do radio, and uh, we only lasted five programs. We got kicked off for uh, our opposition to abortion. Uh, you know, we, we consider abortion murder, and that's uh, not politically correct. Uh, but Paul Gratton was a great man of God, and uh, he's with the Lord now, and uh, he's going to forever be missed. I hadn't talked to him for years. You know, we just you know we're just serving the Lord in different places, and you know, time moves on. And, he gave me a call just uh, about a month before he passed on, and we emailed a little bit, and he didn't return one of my emails. I didn't know what happened. Because I didn't get to Bremen and Son, I, I, I missed his funeral, and I really feel bad about that. But I'm sure a lot of people whose lives were touched by him um, uh, probably did attend his funeral. And so Paul Gratton, a good, good friend of mine, and he's, uh, he's with the Lord Jesus now. Um, but uh, taking a look at some of the news items, um, the uh, it's reported now that most people in the United States would back use of force against Iran. This is due to a uh, recent poll that the Washington Post ABC poll found 56% of respondents endorsed the use of U.S. military to block Iran from developing nuclear weapons, while 38% opposed it. This is exactly what we talked about, Kurt. Yep. Uh, we said that first it's going to be Iraq, then it's going to be Iran. In fact, we predicted <laughs> Iran would be next. It's kind of like and, a box of Pringles. You can't and, just have one. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, it's good news that Joseph Farah and World Net Daily are saying, hey, let's get out of the U.N. Unfortunately, Joseph Farah is saying, let's get out of the U.N. and do the New World thing, New World Order thing of George W. Bush on our own. Yeah, let us, us, let us chart the brave yeah. new world. And we so, know the best way to do it. And so you get all these wimps in three-piece suits that never... Uh, Never spent the night in a in a foxhole or, yeah. or or mopped a ship that are you know saying that you know somebody says well then uh, if we go to war with Iraq we're gonna have to go to war with uh, Iran next and 
and then uh, uh, Syria or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And they say, well, bring them on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say. Well, you I tell you what, when we interviewed uh, Mr. Grigg from the JBS, his comment about never are we more dangerous than when we're convinced of the righteousness of our own cause, boy, yeah. those words yeah. ring so true right now. And he was talking about the fact that uh, liberals just do not have the leadership capability or the character to move us towards this new world order goal that it's going to have to be quote-unquote conservatives who are actually neoconservatives, and that's what's going on. And we're, we're allowing President Bush, people who call themselves conservatives are allowing President Bush to grow the United States government at a rate that we would never allow if a Bill Clinton or if a liberal were in office because we trust him. We blindly trust the guy. But we've got to say, hey, look, even if we think he's a man of character, even if we think he's one of us, We've got to compare his views and his goals with that of Tommy Jefferson and, and company, with the Constitution. And uh, I think if we did that, we'd be a lot better off. Here's, here's a little news item that, uh, that you'll get a kick out of. Um, defend your family, go to jail. Um, a Brooklyn man who shot and wounded an intruder while defending his family will spend three days in Rikers Island, the same jail housing the burglar who terrorized his home, because he owns an unregistered gun. Gee, I hope they're not cellmates. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because if the guy could use a gun, he could probably use his fist, too. Ronald Dixon, a 27-year-old father of two, caught an intruder rifling through drawers in his son's room early on December 14th. And, um, you know, he saw the guy, was shocked, went bang, bang, and, uh, and the burglar no longer posed a threat at that point. But, uh, but it's neat, you know, a guy defends his own home, and uh, and uh, was that it was Brooklyn, right, or was it the Bronx? I don't have any short-term memory. It was in uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, not the safest place in the world. I'm from back east. You know, he should Brooklyn have just had, is not exactly. He should have just had the faith in the government and just stood there and waited until oh, the police well, came. Hey, he could have called 911. They would have been there in yeah, 20 they, minutes. Oh, yeah, they would have broke least. out the chalk and yep. outlined his body yeah, and absolutely. everything. But uh, but you know, keep in mind, this is the new America. This is not the America. of... George Washington, Tommy Jefferson and company. This is the new America. You're not supposed to defend your family. So if some guy breaks in a house, just call 911 and the Gestapo will get there supposedly in time. Uh, but whatever the case, uh, here, taxpayers, this is California. Uh, taxpayers must fund Pagan AIDS Memorial uh, by Art Moore. And it's... Uh, it says, uh, despite a $38 billion deficit, California lawmakers want to help fund uh, a $500,000 AIDS memorial designed in the form of an Aztec god. And uh, now it's prompting threats of a lawsuit uh, because, you know, pe people are saying, here, you, you can't even, uh, you can't have a nativity scene outside a government building, a public building without complaints, and we're going to build this half a million dollar statue to an Aztec god in um, in uh, honor of uh, of AIDS. So it's, it's just... Uh, well, come hey, on. I mean... Then again, it, this is California, so... In the politician's defense, you know, they have to do whatever they can to curry all those illegal alien votes so they can get back into office the next term now. Well, all I know is it's, it's, it's California, and when California doesn't do weird stuff, then I start to worry. But, uh, okay, uh, Annette, we talked about this last week. Uh, we still need to talk about it. The uh, Supreme Court strikes down the Texas uh, anti-sodomy law, and uh, the court ruled 6-3. to three. And Anthony Scalia, uh, 
who uh, he and um, Judge Justice Thomas come the closest to being constitutional of anybody on the bench. He was one of the three guys that voted against it, and he stated that the court has largely signed on to the so-called homosexual agenda and that the court has taken sides in the culture war. And Scalia noted that he, he has nothing himself against homosexuals, but it was, it's not the role of the federal government to pick sides. This is, this, is a, this is not a federal issue. If Texas wants anti-sodomy laws, that's the business of Texas and Texans. And for the federal government to be saying no go, you know, and it's it's Oliver Wendell Holmes would be proud. You know, yeah, yeah, he believed uh, judicial activism. Uh, you know, he just uh, the, the I'd court be happy if we could rules. just get one branch of federal government to be right, <laughs> to be constitutional. <laughs> yeah, just one, especially just if it one was, branch, especially if it was uh, Congress, uh, because in the House of Representatives they can they've got a lot of power. To stop a lot of this garbage, but uh, you know there. You know, I almost think the only way that things are ever going to change is if, you know, I mean, Republican or Democrat, it's the same old, same old. It's almost like if we could just get a whole bunch of independents in there, maybe something would actually change for the better. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, I. Uh, the gospel is supposed to be so offensive, you know, and, and it, even the Bible says the gospel is offensive, you know, but I, I, uh, you know. I tell people, you know, I spent the first 21 years of my life hurting people and being a, a rotten guy, and, and now I'm trying to be a nice guy and trying to be led by the Holy Spirit now that I've been saved. So, you know, I tell people, you know, God bless you all the time when I see people, you know, well, God bless you there, have a nice day, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, is the gospel really as offensive as liberals, liberals want us uh, to believe? Because, you know, I've been greeting people with God bless you for about 22 years now, and I can honestly say that about 90%, about 9 of every 10 people that I say God bless you to, about 90% either return the greeting and say, yeah, God bless you too, or, or same to you, uh, or they thank me. They say thank you. So 9 out of 10 people either return it or, or are really glad that I said it. And then, then you know, I get about 9% uh, that just say, yeah, yeah, well, whatever, have a nice day, and they smile, and, and it's kind of like, you know, it's neither here nor there, but only probably only about one percent, probably one of every hundred people that I told that to, um, get even slightly upset. You know, now I'm sure now if I got to the heart of the gospel, if I said, you know, Jesus, you know, buy my groceries at Fred Meyer's and then say Jesus loves you, man, you know, that might be more offensive. Or trust Jesus, you know. Okay, um, maybe the positive response would be cut in half there, uh, but still I think it would be more popular than the uh, liberal mantras. You know, I was thinking, can you, can you imagine if you buy your groceries and then you tell the guy at the grocery stand, um, yeah, don't forget, uh, promote gay marriages. You know, <laughs> I, I think that would offend more people than God bless you or, or even more offend more people than Jesus loves you. Or uh, or don't forget, uh, back Planned Parenthood and encourage, encourage teenage girls to get abortions. You know, I, 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 think, I think when you really look at the liberal mantras, I, they're offensive. And they're not just offensive to Christians. They're just offensive to the guy who just, you know, keeps a nice yard, mows his lawn, and wants to be left alone. You know, it's, don't don't cram your immorality down my throat. Yeah. You know, and uh, so you know, and then the thing is, too, another thing I I say, God bless you to people, and I tell people about Jesus. Okay, and I do that to adults. The liberals won't say that. The liberals don't say those things to adults that they don't know. They don't walk up to a, a stranger and say. Hey, promote gay marriages, please. 
um, encourage teenage girls to have abortions. They don't say that. Liberals won't say those things to adults that they don't know. Instead, what they do is they get it into the public school curriculum, yep. and they and they indoctrinate the children of people they don't know behind their backs. Yep. And okay? movies. And so, as, at least we Christians are right up. We're right up front. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk to your kid about Jesus behind your back, it's only because I talk to you about Jesus face to face. I'm up front, but it's the liberal, the other side, the anti-Christian mob, that they're not going to say anything to people they don't know, and then behind those people's backs, they're going to try to indoctrinate their children. They're going to say, Mommy and Daddy treat you bad, and uh, we need to take you out of the home, and don't listen to Mommy and Daddy. We know what's best for you. And oh, by the way, tell us when Mommy and Daddy do this or that. Yeah, yeah, and... uh, and that's the, the first three things they teach little kids nowadays in the public schools is nine one one, and uh, tell on mommy and daddy anytime they get you mad. But whatever the case, uh, uh, this is a really neat report. We don't always get to report neat stuff. By the way, if you want to call us, I'm going to be eventually. I'll get to communism, but I got a few things I want to get off my chest before that. Eventually, we'll talk about communism. By the way, communism, socialism, fascism, Nazism—I don't care what you call it—it's all big government. And big government is anathema to God, because God has a role to play, and the church has a role to play. God instituted the church for certain things, and the government for certain things. The government has a limited role, and so when when we slam big government, we're slamming communism as well. So we're really not off the subject. But if you want to give us a call here on the Christian Worldview, if you're in the the local area, 206-374-8800. That's uh, 374-8800, or you can call us toll-free. 1-800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. You know, Kurt, when we come back, I want to talk about some news that Eric emailed to me from the uh, Kansas City Star about the Gospel of Matthew. There's some really, really interesting confirmation that the Gospel of Matthew was written much, much earlier than New Testament critics um, have said. And then I want to talk about a couple other things, uh, a supposed Christian camp in Seabeck and what's going on there, and uh, a couple new books that are out, and then we'll get to our topic of communism. This is Dr. Phil Fernandez, The Christian Worldview, on KGNW, 820 AM. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. This is Eric Purcell, the co-host of The Christian Worldview. I'd like to invite you to attend the church services of Trinity Bible Fellowship. Come here, Pastor Phil Fernandez and I preach the Word of God, 1030 Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club on Clear Creek Road in Silverdale, Washington, just a short distance from the Kitsap Mall. That's Trinity Bible Fellowship, meeting at the Clear Creek Community Club in Silverdale, Washington. For more information, call 360-698-7382. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. The Institute of Biblical Defense is an organization that believes and teaches that biblical Christianity is not reserved for the uneducated and unstable, as some would have us believe. We present and defend our faith to prove that point. Science, philosophy, history, archaeology, all the evidence points to an empty tomb outside Jerusalem, God's greatest miracle in an unbelieving world. If you'd like to learn more, check out the Institute at www.biblicaldefense.org or give us a call at 360-698-7382. Top of the morning to you, Roger. How are you doing, mate? I 
have you had your tea this morning? Great quality, thank you. Lovely. Now we can get on with our channeling. This morning, I think we're going to bring up the spirit of Joseph Stolen. Oh, my. Ready, here we go. Oh, Mr. Stolen, come forth from the afterlife. Ouch. And grant us wisdom. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Where will you be the day after you die? Trust Jesus. Aw, oh, dude. Did you ever, like, look at the stars and wonder why they're, like, bright? Yeah, man. Like, I was wondering the other day why it all started. No, I don't know, but it's like they're everywhere. Wow. It's cool that I get to change my reality whenever I want to. Yeah, cool. If you like discussing the big questions, you'll like the Christian worldview. Here at the Institute of Biblical Defense, we discuss the big questions, only without the hallucinogenic drugs. Dr. Phil Fernandez, President of the Institute of Biblical Defense, with Kurt Rainier. This is the Christian Worldview and KGNW, 8.20 a.m. And we're going to be talking about communism, I promise. We'll get to it. Uh, if you want to call us, the local number, 206-374-8800. That's 374-8800. The toll-free number, 800-955-8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. You know, uh, Kurt, this is really great. This uh, article on, uh, it was originally appeared in the the Kansas City Star, because, you know, the... uh, uh, New York Post isn't good, or New York Times doesn't want to, you know, report on this kind of stuff. But whatever the case, it it gives support for the authenticity of the Book of Matthew, and it's coming from a real unlikely source. They're saying, you know, because many scholars have dated the Gospel of Matthew somewhere between 85 A.D. and 135 A.D., right. trying to push it long after Matthew's death, saying it really wasn't written by an eyewitness. Therefore, we don't have to worry about this. Uh, this writing claiming that Jesus rose from the dead, claimed to be God, that type of thing. Right. It was just written by a guy a lot later. It's a legend. Well, let me read to you some of this article. Um, it says, in an essay written for the book Passover and Easter, Origin and History to Modern Times, um, Israel J. Yuval of Jerusalem's Hebrew University, okay, so a Hebrew scholar, reported a find in the Talmud. The Talmud was the you know, the ancient Jewish oral, you know, spoken tradition of the rabbis put down a written form. It's called the Jewish Talmud. He reported a find in the Talmud that appears to show Matthew could have been written earlier than some scholars contend. Yuval wrote that a leading rabbinical scholar of the time was considered to have authored a sophisticated parody of the gospel according to to Matthew, the parody written by a rabbi known as Gamaliel, uh, and that's that's the Gamaliel of of Acts, the book of Acts, um, who was uh, Paul's Paul's teacher. Yeah, the parody written by a rabbi known as Gamaliel is believed by some well-respected liberal Christian scholars to have been written about A.D. 73 or earlier. I think that's because that's about when he died. Yeah. So um, the thing is, and I I can't see him writing it from 66 to 73 A.D. because that was when Jerusalem was at war with the Romans. The temple got destroyed 70 A.D. Hey, this guy... slightly more important things on there. Yeah, and so uh, for him to write a parody had to be before 66 A.D. And, you you know, if you're going to write a parody on something, the, the writing has to be 
real popular to begin with yeah, in your area well in Jerusalem, yeah. well known and stuff. So we're, we're pushing the date of Matthew back to 40s or 50s A.D. And you know as well as I do that I, I agree with Wenham and uh, John Wenham and A.T. Robinson, um, John A.T. Robinson, and s several other Christian thinkers. Um, it's about four or five on the Catholic side of the uh, aisle on this particular point that would date Matthew's Gospels in the 30s A.D., that Matthew was the stenographer of the, for the apostles and all. And yeah. So this, this pushes it way back. And it's interesting, too, because in this article, they mentioned, either, either they mentioned it or Hal Lindsey mentioned it, Oh, yeah, it's mentioned in this article, and this is not how Lindsay's article, this is a secular article, that in the 2nd century A.D., Rabbi Judah Hanasi, um, who lived from 135 to 200 A.D., purged the Mishnah, part of the Talmud, of many references to Christianity and those who adhered to it, but not everything was edited out. Can you imagine what was in the Talmud before this this rabbi got a hold of it? Yeah, sure would be nice to see a copy of that. Yeah, so and that's amazing. And and w w what's there already is is pretty amazing as it is. But the, now we're finding out more and more stuff. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, when you take this 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 parody and you put it side by side with Matthew's Gospel, he's going point by point and mocking it, and um, which lets us know Matthew's Gospel had to exist before time and had to be widespread. I date. And and many scholars, both liberal and conservative, date James's um, letter at somewhere around 49:50 A.D. And it appears that James is referring to he, he's writing a commentary on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, so, if we assume that he read about the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew's Gospel, then that that pushes the date earlier. So we're finding a lot of different points to confirm an early dating for Matthew's Gospel. So that certainly is good news uh, in a uh, bad news world. Let me just talk about two books that they were mentioning on C-SPAN, their book notes club. Uh, a lady named Heather McDonald wrote a book titled, Are Cops Racist? And then the subtitle is, How the War Against the po Police Hurts Black Americans. And what she basically argues in, in here is she said that um, uh, the murder rate, she, she talked, she gave Detroit as an example, but she says it's, it's, it's almost this way in every big city, where the murder rate in black precincts is 11 times higher than in white precincts. And the law-abiding law -abiding black citizens that, that happen to live in these black precincts want the heavy uh, police uh, visibility. And they want the police protection, and um, and so uh, so she made some really interesting points. She even talked about racial profiling. she said the the average. And I, I used to be a cop for ten years. Nine ninety nine out of a hundred times when I pull somebody over, I have no idea what race they are. And um, so um, there are other factors that are going into this. And right, I, I really believe that liberal policies are keeping. The, the black inner city families enslaved um, on welfare, immorality, all kinds of garbage. And, and so, so basically, I think the Teddy Kennedys of this country are doing more damage than good to the black community. And, it, it, and, it's, and it's, it's creating a, a bigger crime rate. Yeah. And, um, it's so nice it's, to hear somebody actually be a voice of reason in this. You yeah. know, I mean, hey, black people don't like thugs any more than yeah. white people do. I yeah. mean, nobody wants that in their neighborhood. And, and uh, now, now she, 
She had a caller who went to school with her and said, well, you used to be a liberal. How come you're so conservative? I've been reading your writings. How come you're so conservative? So uh, when she was asked why she converted to conservatism, uh, the author, Heather McDonald, replied, she said, well, you either think for yourself or you accept uncritically what the media says and become a liberal by default. <laughs> oh, and so, so, that's a dynamite. So basically Whoa. what she was saying was, because I didn't think these issues through, yep. I was automatically a liberal by default like yep. many, so many Americans. But once I started studying the issues and thinking about them, yep. I was no longer indoctrinated by the liberal media, and I became a conservative um, rather than being a liberal uh, by default. And um, so I thought that was an interesting piece of information. I think, you know, it's really Isn't important. That amazing? The media wants to play up. Rory Wessinger, our, our researcher on New World Order issues, you know, with these cops programs where we see these cops beating up people, it's desensitizing us. We're thinking, yeah, it's part of the cops' job to just beat up people, knock down doors. And certainly we don't want the local police to have too much power, and in most cases they do. At the same time, the uh, globalists would love us to no longer support our local police departments, view them as the enemy, and say, look, the local police departments, they can't be trusted. We need to trust in federal a federal police department that will come in because the federal government will take care of us. Yeah, right. And, and, um, and believe me, it, 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 we need law enforcement to be let's, done on the uh, local level. Let's substitute Andy and Barney for the jackbooted yeah. thugs. I don't, I don't want guys in Washington, D.C., or worse than that, in, uh, in Rome or um, London, deciding um, how our uh, quote-unquote local police uh, operate. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, C-SPAN interviewed uh, David Cole, who authored a book, Enemy Aliens. And he, he basically argued that during periods um, of crises, the, the government, the federal government, will crack down on foreign nationals, fa foreigners that are in the country, like in World War II or with the Japanese and that type of thing. And, and everybody else says, wow, that's okay. You know, American citizens and all say, well, that's okay. Yeah, mess with them as long as you're not messing with us. But then eventually the government cracks down on the rights of all of its citizens. And... Um, and so he's concerned is that when you when you single out one group and you treat them as less than the other groups. Now, granted, when people are here on visas from countries that are not our friends, we have to do a better job, look at them closer, and we've got to police our borders. But what he's basically saying is we're being desensitized to this kind of treatment uh, to the point where, you know, you step outside your house and go to your car, there's going to be a federal agent patting you yeah. down. And, um, well, just look at how many subcultures we have in America nowadays. I mean, the whole multicultural diversity mantra, it, you, the, the phrase unity and diversity is hardly ever looks at unity, but boy, it sure does like to break things down and look yeah. at diversity. And when everybody doesn't see themselves as an American, they yeah. see themselves as some subculture, you yeah. know, what do we expect? And, and, and I, do, I think this, this author, David Cole, didn't make the point, but maybe he does in his book, but I think that... If citizens, by definition, don't have more rights than non-citizens, then what's the sense of becoming a citizen? So I think there ought to be a two-tier system there. Absolutely. Uh, but I think there's something that we need to look at here. He also mentioned in Section 215 of the Patriot Act where the, the government can demand uh, any records uh, held by bookstores, libraries, or businesses. They could, the government, federal government can demand any records be turned over to them without probable cause, and the person doesn't even have to be a suspect. And um, and um, so 
Um, and you know, it's the FBI that receives this information. And uh, and that so is one bad piece of legislation, boy. Let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, and and uh, he also mentioned that under Ashcroft, um, over five thousand foreign nationals have been locked up without being charged since September 11th, and since that point, only three of them have been charged, actually finally charged with something related to terrorism. The other 4,997 of them are locked up, and no charge has been has been issued. And what this author, David Cole, is arguing, if we're doing it to foreign nationals today, tomorrow we can do it to American citizens. Yep. And, um, and so things are getting uh, uh, pretty pretty ugly. And... Um, and now the author himself, he does. He says that he does seek to balance security and liberty. I don't like that idea. I think that, you know, you've got to be able to self-govern yourself and protect yourself. We shouldn't give up liberty in the name of security because, as Ben Franklin said, then we deserve neither. Yeah, I'm but, so sick of that argument. I had a conversation with a Marine in a shopping line a couple of days ago about that, and he gave that out, and I was just like, ugh. But this, uh, so this author, he wanted, he says he wants to balance the two. But it should be done equally across the boards with Americans because then if it's unjust, we'll protest before it's too late. But when it's done to one segment, we look the other way. It's kind of like what the uh, what they said about Nazi Germany. They came for the Jews, we looked the other way. They came for the political enemies of Hitler, we looked the other way. They came for the communists, we looked the other way. Then when they came for us, it was it was too late. There was nobody left to help us. This is Dr. Fernandez, The Christian Worldview. We'll be back in just a couple moments. Dr. Phil Fernandez founded the Institute of Biblical Defense in 1990 for the purpose of defending the Christian faith and training others to do the same. If you'd like to contact the Institute, please call us at area code 360-698-7382 or write us at P.O. Box 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310 or visit our website at www.biblicaldefense.org. Come hear Pastor Phil Fernandez and Eric Purcell preach at Trinity Bible Fellowship. Trinity Bible Fellowship is a small family church that meets at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club, about one mile north of the Kitsap Mall. All are welcome. For further information, please call us at 360-698-7382. We're looking forward to seeing you. Hello, this is Eric Purcell, the co-host of The Christian Worldview. I'd like to invite you to attend the church services of Trinity Bible Fellowship. Come here, Pastor Phil Fernandez and I preach the Word of God. 10.30, Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club on Clear Creek Road in Silverdale, Washington, just a short distance from the Kitsap Mall. That's Trinity Bible Fellowship, meeting at the Clear Creek Community Club in Silverdale, Washington. For more information, call 360-698-7382. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. The Institute of Biblical Defense is an organization that believes and teaches that biblical Christianity is not reserved for the uneducated and unstable, as some would have us believe. We present and defend our faith to prove that point. Science, philosophy, history, archaeology, all the evidence points to an empty tomb outside Jerusalem, God's greatest miracle in an unbelieving world. If you'd like to learn more, check out the Institute at www.biblicaldefense.org or give us a call at 360-698-7382. 
Dr. Phil Fernandez, Joe and Angie's little boy, The Christian Worldview, and KGNW, 820 AM. We're going to be talking about communism. I promise we'll get to it. Just got a couple more news items I want to cover. Um, this was something, Kurt, I showed you on the way in, and um, some pictures of Sudanese children and a Sudanese adult missing body parts due to the persecution against Christians that has occurred in the Sudan. You're not going to hear about this on CNN. You're not going to hear about this on the major uh, news outlets, and it's just really a shame. This was sent to me by, a, a, um, I believe, uh, a Christian missionary organization that, you know, that goes out and, and helps uh, these people and shares the gospel message with them. Got a picture of an 8-year-old girl named Amani, and she's missing uh, half of her arm. In fact, more than half of her arm. So she's just 8 years old, and she has seen a lifetime of terror. She lost her right arm and suffered multiple uh, shrapnel wounds. The Islamic, Islamic government uh, jets waited till school had begun, then bombed the school directly. You know, and then they've got pictures of her with some of her other friends also missing uh, limbs. Is that, is that going on in the Sudan? And they got a, a gentleman, a young guy, probably in his 30s or, or 40s, probably in his 30s, I would say, uh, a Sudanese uh, young man, and it says uh, soldiers uh, chopped off his feet. You can see just the his feet completely gone. He just got his ankles uh, connected to his uh, his legs, and he's riding on a donkey. He says soldiers chopped off his feet, but this evangelist continues to preach. He travels by donkey or on his knees to win others to Christ. You know, man, you gotta, you really gotta push me around and shake me up to get me to witness to share my faith with somebody nowadays I'm so comfortable here in the US of A and here's a guy you, this guy is basically saying go ahead cut off my feet and if I can ride a donkey I'll ride a donkey to go preach the word but if I don't have a donkey I'll crawl around my knees but I'm going to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and that's going on in the Sudan with this horrible persecution I just thank God for, for Pastor John we had the opportunity to ordain him and uh, John Campson, uh, originally from Sudan, he was in prison there for like a year and a half, was battered, was beaten, continued to preach the word, eventually escaped. And now he's, uh, he's helping pastors, getting, coming to the United States. He's based out of Minnesota, raises funds for them, and um, gets them all kinds of equipment that they need to preach the gospel message and get the show the Jesus film. And he's going back to the Uganda. Now they started uh, the Phil Fernandez School of Apologetics and Theology, in December, that's going to get underway because they're expecting they're going to show the the um, Jesus film to 200,000 uh, uh, Ugandans, and they they get about 40% uh, conversion rate. So that's 80,000 new Christians, and they're going to have a few thousand pastors with very little to no Bible training. And so they're going to use our audio cassettes, um, run off of car batteries because they don't have electricity there in the camps, and uh, to train these pastors to get them grounded in the word so they could properly disciple these uh, 80,000 new converts that they're expecting and so that's uh, it just amazes me you know there's over 300 million uh, Christians in Africa over 300 million in Asia and over 300 million converts to Christianity now in South America and um, 
So Christianity is by far the fastest growing religion on the planet Earth right now. It's just that in the West, Christianity is in such decline Dying, yeah. Yeah, that we think that the Islam yeah, is growing Yeah, if you want to see real faith, don't case. look for it here in America. That, that's, we're just too comfortable. In fact, what do you see in America? Well, this is at the... Uh, just got this in the mail today for the uh, Central Kitsap Reporter. And uh, it says the, the, the article's titled, Spiritualism Settles Over Seebeck. And... Um, this, this was held at the Seebeck Christian Conference Center. It's the Seebeck Christian Conference Center. I've seen the place. Beautiful place. Beautiful camp. But why do they call it Christian? Because um, they've got basically a seminar dedicated to the memory of Edgar Casey, And uh, several hundred people showing up for this. It shows them holding hands and, and that type of thing. And, you know, Edgar Casey. An organization founded after him is the Association for Research and Enlightenment, and uh, he was the first of, the, of a long line of channelers. And this guy in the 1940s, 1950s, his, his works are still popular today, but he believed in reincarnation. He would go into a trance-like state and speak in a voice other than his own. He would be demon-possessed, and he would give messages, and he would often diagnose people's diseases and all kinds of things with no medical training at all. This guy was an occultist. He was a spiritualist. He tried to contact spirits of the dead. He was the first of a long line of New Age channelers. Yeah, it's which, prime time now. You yeah. can see John Edwards do it on uh, Sci-Fi Channel at yeah. 10 o'clock at and, night. And, and this stuff is going on at supposedly a Christian conference center. So that's, that's Christianity in the West is becoming neo-paganism, okay? Um, whereas in third world countries, Christianity is on the rise, which means the problem of evil and human suffering supposedly the best argument against the existence of God really doesn't work out after all because we're, we're, we're the, the places on earth where there's the, we're the most comfortable Christianity is in decline where we're the most prosperous and comfortable uh, in those areas on the globe uh, where there is the most suffering that's where we find uh, Christianity on the rise uh, I promised everybody we'd talk about communism and we're going to talk about communism um, you know, I, I have to say, I really do love my country. I mean, I love America. I always have. And I, maybe it's just because it's the 4th of July and, you know, we spend time researching these issues and things like that. Sometimes it's kind of hard not to get really frustrated and upset mm -hmm. to see where things are going. So, all you folks out there, don't get us wrong. We, <laughs> we do love America. Well, uh, it's just, you know, it just breaks our heart to see what's going on sometimes. Well, and, you know, nobody loved America more than the Founding Fathers. But they loved America so much that, I mean, they complained more than anybody about what was going on. And, and that's all we're doing. We love this country so much that we're exercising our freedom to complain about what's wrong with our country. Now, Ann Coulter, she is not a true conservative. She's not a constitutionalist. But in her book, Treason, I give her an A-plus in one area, and then she fails in two other areas. But the area where she gets an A-plus, she, she argues that McCarthy was right. She's the first neoconservative that I've heard of that acknowledges that Joe McCarthy was right and there really were. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And um, um, it, she states on page 44 of her book, Treason, and I recommend that neocons get this. Uh, if you're a true conservative, the good stuff that she talks about, you already know it. You don't need to buy it. Um, and then there's a lot of bogus stuff that will just get you mad. 
Um, but if you're a neoconservative, I recommend you buy it because this could be a stepping stone to your enlightenment with true constitutionalism. By the way, the Constitution is a very small document. I recommend someday you read it. But whatever the case, um, uh, she states that, you know, she quotes Joe McCarthy calling the, uh, the communists in the State Department a conspiracy on a scale so immense as to dwarf any previous such venture in the history of man. Um, then she states, summarizing the view of all liberals, President Truman said, I like old Joe. Joe is a decent fellow. But then Ann Coulter has to remind us that he's not talking about Joe McCarthy. Not McCarthy, of course, but Stalin. Truman loathed Joe McCarthy. So the liberals hate Joe McCarthy, but they really didn't have that, you know, they had a lot of nice things to say about old Joe, Joseph Stalin. Uh, but whatever the case, let me read a paragraph here. Uh, and this is from McCarthy's work, which has been vindicated time and time again. The John Birch Society knew this when it was when it was happening. Um, but uh, whatever the case, uh, she states among the most notorious Soviet spies, Soviet spies in high-level positions in the Roosevelt and Truman administrations now proved absolutely beyond question uh, by the Soviet cabals were Alger Hiss uh, the, at the State Department. Um, Henry Dexter White, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury Department, later appointed to the International Monetary Fund by President Truman. Um, Lachlan Curry, personal assistant to President Roosevelt and White House liaison to the State Department under both Roosevelt and Truman. Lawrence Duggan, um, or Dugan, uh, head of the Latin uh, American desk at the State Department. She mentions a Frank Coe. She mentions uh, Solomon Adler, uh, Klaus uh, Fuchs, and Duncan Lee. And she goes on and on mentioning these. You know, and, and then, and then it's, it's really interesting, too, because she also brings up that Franklin Delano Roosevelt did not want this so-called witch hunt on communists in government, in the State Department, in his State Department, in the, in the government and all. Um, however, Franklin Delano Roosevelt didn't mind taking American citizens who happened to be Japanese during World War II and throwing them into camps. Well, and you know, and, and so power I mean, corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And and so and so that's the uh, that's kind of the liberal skin, uh, uh, the liberal uh, spin on it is that communism is okay with us, but we'll put people in camps, even American citizens, just because they're a different nationality. You know, what's wrong with this picture? Now, the thing is, here's where, where Ann Coulter really misses it, one of the two points that really concerns me. She states on page 194, It is a curious fact that the most ridiculed public figures in America in the 20th century have been those who pose the gravest threat to communism. I agree with that, but then listen to the list she gives. Joseph McCarthy, okay, yeah, he belongs on that list. J. Edgar Hoover, he belongs on that list. Then she says Richard Nixon, Whitaker Chambers, who was a former communist who spilled the beans, and Ronald Reagan. Uh, Nixon and, and Reagan, I'm not too sure they should be on that list. Even Whitaker Chambers had a few problems there. I, I think the three guys that she missed on that list, you really want to – because, I mean, if Reagan was so maligned and so was Nixon, how did they get to be president? Yeah, no kidding. But, but true constitutionalists who were really anti-communists like Barry Goldwater and Pat Buchanan, they were not allowed to become president. Yeah. And and, uh, and then you get Robert Welsh, who founded the John Birch Society, probably the number one constitutional organization, anti-communist and anti-New World Order organization. Those were the guys who were really maligned 
not the list of names. Well, that Nixon Coulter too. Gives. Nixon managed to forge a pretty good relationship with the Chicoms. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and that's pretty much it's been the Republican policy befriend China, even though persecution increases when that occurs. Uh, the second th- problem that I see with Ann Coulter's book Treason, though I recommend it if you're a neocon, to just to see that McCarthy got it right. I think she's calling for a new witch hunt. Of course, she's saying there's really witches out there, but it's not against communists, and it's not against globalists, but instead it's against anybody who is opposed to George W. Bush's proposed New World Order. And so, though she's gonna, he wants to crack down on, um, uh, on many liberals, she also wants to crack down on true, true constitutionalists who don't want the anti-constitutional New World Order to come about, this global state, regardless of whether it's headed by the United Nations or George W. Bush. We'll be back. This is the Christian Worldview on KGNW, 820 AM. Top of the morning to you, Roger. How are you doing, mate? Have you had your tea this morning? Great spot of tea, thank you. Lovely. Now we can get on with our channeling. This morning, I think we're going to bring up the spirit of Joseph Stalin. Ready? Here we go. Oh, Mr. Stalin, come forth from the afterlife and grant us wisdom. (laughs) Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Where will you be the day after you die? Trust me. No, oh, dude, did you ever, like, look at the stars and wonder why they're, like, bright? Yeah, man, like, I was wondering the other day why it all started. No, I don't know, but it's, like, they're everywhere. Wow. It's cool that I get to change my reality whenever I want to. Yeah, cool. If you like discussing the big questions, you'll like the Christian worldview. Here at the Institute of Biblical Defense, we discuss the big questions, only without the hallucinogenic drugs. Dr. Phil Fernandez founded the Institute of Biblical Defense in 1990 for the purpose of defending the Christian faith and training others to do the same. If you'd like to contact the Institute, please call us at area code 360-698-7382 or write us at P.O. Box 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310 or visit our website at www.biblicaldefense.org. Come hear Pastor Phil Fernandez and Eric Purcell preach at Trinity Bible Fellowship. Trinity Bible Fellowship is a small family church that meets at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Clear Creek Community Club, about one mile north of the Kitsap Mall. All are welcome. For further information, please call us at 360-698-7382. We're looking forward to seeing you. This is Dr. Phil Fernandez, President of the Institute of Biblical Defense. I am the real Dr. Phil. Of course, I'm also the unknown Dr. Phil, but whatever the case, I'm the real guy. And uh, we're talking about communism here on the Christian Worldview. We'd love to hear from you. We're running out of time in our program. If you want to call us on the local line, it's 206-374-8800. Or you can call us on the 800 line, one 800 955 8200. That's 1-800-955-8200. We have a caller. Paul, you're on the air. How you doing, Paul? 
I'm pretty good, Pastor Phil. Good, good. So what's on your mind? Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, of course, Richard Nixon was in no way a conservative as a president. Um, and yet thinking, you know, the, the truly the, the liberals hated him yeah. you know, immensely. And I think the reason they hated him, even, even when he wasn't a conservative, their hatred stemmed from when he was a key prosecutor in making sure that Hiss was prosecuted. Yeah. And I think that their hatred of that, you know, just, uh, just went on even after, even still when he wasn't a conservative, they still hated him for that. And so I, I think, yeah, you know, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it was about uh, Nixon. I think there's two possibilities with Nixon. Either number one, he really was a true anti-communist and was really, you know, fighting this thing. Um, and then eventually, after getting losing the presidential election to John F. Kennedy, his political career was pretty much over. He realized he had to befriend the Rockefellers, become part of the one of the establishment boys, and um, talk a new talk. Uh, take on Henry Kissinger, whose policy was, you know, you appease the commies, you befriend the, the Chinese communists, yeah. and and things of that sort. So, so maybe he ended up just throwing out. What he knew in his heart was right. He once at one time stood up for what was right, but then realized, hey, politics are everything to me, and if I want a career, I've got to I've got to go tout the uh, establishment's line, or I'm through. Or he just seized upon the anti-communist fervor, which there was at that time, and was an opportunist. Whatever the case, we do know that there was that opportunistic uh, side to him. You know, as, as Kurt mentioned earlier about power corrupts, absolutely. It certainly corrupted Richard Nixon. Um, certainly was a, a power-hungry man. Uh, but whatever the case, I, I think um, it's kind of tough, and I'm going to do it here, but it's kind of tough to mention Richard Nixon in the same sentence as Joe McCarthy. Uh, but a Barry Goldwater, a Pat Buchanan, a Robert Welsh, they do belong in the same sentence. They are they were true anti-communists from beginning to end, and um, that's the those are the kinds of heroes that we need. Ron, uh, uh, Ron Paul in the United States Congress. There's another example right there. Of course, even in his latter years, uh, Barry Goldwater started to get a little bit soft. On yeah, him. I think he went a little senile. And he was he was he was real. Yeah, he started to get soft toward homosexuality and. Also, he's kind of started to cozy up toward Hillary. Yeah, you know, and, and even even Je Jesse now Jesse Helms didn't go that far, but uh, but even Jesse Helms toned down his anti New World Order rhetoric, and I I, I think and I, I think uh, the way Rory put it is that sometimes these warriors just start losing heart, and and I, I even see it in Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan is saying some things lately that certainly are not constitutional, and it just. You know, we've allowed these warriors to go out there all alone. We've allowed them to be maligned, and now their armors has tears in it. They're battered, they're beaten. By the time Goldwater died, every other word was a curse word in his vocabulary, even when he was interviewed publicly. And Joe McCarthy, what, he died at age 48, 49, a broken man, uh, you know, and, and, and um, we allow our true heroes to be trampled on, and then we set up guys that, you know, um, claim to be one thing and do another. Claim to be a constitutionalist and then and then actually do the exact opposite. Uh, so, Paul, you got anything else there? Uh, just uh, you know, one other thing you mentioned earlier about you know about you know talking about communism and also talking mentioning something about you know how they want to get children and, and indoctrinate children. Yeah. yeah. Now that that's one of the one of their key methods. Uh, you take the Greek Civil War after World War II. 
uh, the communists, they, they took tens of thousands of, of the children, Greek children, and took them through Albania and through other communist countries to be raised as communists. Yeah, yep. And if, if a mother uh, protested, they shot and killed yep. the mother. Yeah. And well, so that's, uh, you know, and, that's and it's not any different to today. In, in Nicaragua, I used to receive uh, information from the Nicaraguan Information Center where anti-communists who fled the country, um, their relatives would mail them um, newspaper articles put out by the communists in Nicaragua. Uh, they would also mail them um, uh, little textbooks for kindergarten, first and second grade children, and then they would translate it for you. And they'd be talking about, um, um, uh, the, the, you know, communist heroes like Castro and Marx as if they were gods and teaching children how to uh, put together uh, um, AK-47s and, and that type of thing. And the indoctrination starts extremely, incredibly early, about as early as it starts here in America. In our, you know, sometimes you go to these daycare centers and you look and they've got all these globalist uh, propaganda posters on the wall and that type of thing. You turn on the Discovery Channel and they're doing their they've got an animal planet and they've got their, you know um, the whole earth is God, be at one with the world, save yeah, the world. I was just say the, the new form of communist indoctrination is the way environmentalism is propagated. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and we're going to get into that. We'll probably have to talk about it next week. But we're going to get into that, the difference between Marxist communism and Gramsci uh, Gramsian communism. We'll talk about that next week. Um, before before our uh, we move on here, we're coming to the close of our program. If you want more information from us, you you can uh, you can order our books, our audio cassettes, our video cassettes. Um, I've got books uh, that I've that I've authored: The God Who Sits Enthroned, Evidence for God's Existence, No Other Gods, A Defense of Biblical Christianity, Theism versus Atheism, The Atheist uh, Debate where I debated Dr. Michael Martin. Um, but we've got a new book coming out, God, Government, and the Road to Tyranny, um, which is a Christian view of government and morality. And I think that's going to be a really well-needed book at this time. It refused the New World Order. Um, if you want to find out more and more about out about us, just get a hold of us on the web, uh, www.biblicaldefense.org. That's biblicaldefense, one word, Dot org, um, or you can write us at P.O. Box uh, 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310. That's P.O. Box 3264, Bremerton, Washington, 98310. Or you can call us at 360-698-7382, 360-698-7382. Uh, next week, Kurt, I think we're going to uh, spend a little bit more time uh, talking about uh, communism. Um, uh, Not next week. Oh, that's right. We're off next. It's the, I think the car repair guy is in next that's week, right. and then uh, and so it'll be the week after, and we can wrap it up. Uh, but also, if you want to buy my books through Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, you can look me up by author Phil Fernandez, last name F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-S, Phil Fernandez, and you can look into our books there. Well, that just about wraps up our program today. A uh, uh, couple weeks from tonight, we'll be talking uh, about communism, and we're really going to try to finish this program off. There's a lot going on in the world. We want to keep you up to date and give you the Christian view of what's going on in our world. Thank you, and God bless you.